Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast. In this episode, Eric and I will be talking about one of the most mysterious things about humans, dreams. So grab a cup of tea or coffee and get comfortable because it's time to discuss interpreting dream symbols. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft. On this podcast, we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. We're your hosts, the Mystic Sisters, Erica and Maggie. In this segment of the show, we choose a tarot card for the week and we look for moments that relate to this card in our daily lives. For this episode, we chose the Eight of Cups, and the theme of this card is the best is yet to come. In the Rider-Waite-Smith version of this card, there's a person who is walking away from the eight cups that are stacked neatly. The story I see in this card is a person on a quest. They found the cups and stopped to rest and reflect. Then they continued on their way. In that way, the card is about trusting that you will find what you need when you need it. Additionally, if you look to the sky in this card, there is a celestial body. And one way to look at this is that it is an eclipse where the sun and the moon are crossing paths. And that would indicate a specific auspicious moment on the journey. So this card is also a reminder that there's no need to rush to your destination and that being present along the way is where the magic is found. Which brings up the saying that you never step in the same river twice. So even if the person in this image returns to the space where the cups are stacked, it will be different. It won't be the same external environment and the person won't be the same person. So anytime that you are called back to a moment in your past with nostalgia, keep in mind that if you could return, it won't be what you remembered and you won't get what you used to get out of it. Living in the present is what matters. Do you have a story about being really present in the moment, leaving something behind and moving on or feeling nostalgic? I actually have been feeling kind of nostalgic. I think, you know, being in my 30s now and being 31, almost 32. So old. I know, so old. (laughs) It's making me think about, well, it's, it's making me think about different times in my life. And I do, you know look back at certain points and think, well, that was a really great time in my life. And I miss people who I was friends with. And I miss the closeness of relationships that I've had, especially with relationships that aren't as close as they weren't. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that this is the card that we're talking about because those have been my recent feelings. But I had the realization even before we started talking about this card that I don't want to be in high school again. I don't want to be in college again. And, you know, if I went back into those situations, of course, what I what I miss from them, I have in the present, in the present, it might not be the same people, it might not be the same situations or the same place. But I have, you know, those things in my current reality. So I've been trying to be really conscious of like, well, what what are the relationships I have now? What are the friendships I have now that are really special to me and make me feel the same way as like those other relationships in my past. Do you have a story, Erica? I do have a story. I am thinking about the living in the moment and knowing that that feeling of like 
when when you're thirsty, your cups will be there kind of analogy. I have a friend who was semi-promoted, I guess, to a different position. And it kind of happened quickly. And it was done without really negotiating pay increase or anything like that. And so she's very worried about it. And she's worried that she's taking on a bunch of responsibilities. But she does have a meeting with her boss coming up soon. And I have every confidence that she's going to get the pay increase that she deserves for the title that she now holds. But she's having a hard time with some trauma from poor management of her and bosses that weren't great of letting go of this fear of not being treated well by her boss, where she has never had any indication from her current boss that she's not going to be treated well. And so I'm trying to help her to remind her that this is a good thing. Like this is, this was the goal. This is what she wanted. This is, you know, what she's capable of. This is the path that she's supposed to be on her. She's at her moment and the worry that it happened so quickly and without discussion is taking her away from that joy of it. And that knowing that the cups Her eight cups are going to be there for her as soon as she has this conversation with her boss. And so it's just constantly reminding her that like, this is a good thing. Be happy for yourself. Be proud of yourself. Good things are going to keep coming to you. Yeah. Yeah. That leaving behind the thing that isn't relevant to this situation. Like she's the same person in the situation, but nothing else about it is the same. Mm -hmm. And those things from the past are irrelevant to this current situation. Like with the don't, you never step in the same river. She's not in that same place anymore. This is a different reality for her. In this sense, it's not looking back with nostalgia. It's looking back with trauma. And I'm interpreting this card more of the thing, the things will be there when you need them. And I think that's what's really interesting about the tarot too, is like there are multiple interpretations and it's like what is standing out to you in the moment is what its meaning is. Because like, obviously my story was more about this present moment and living in the moment and being really mindful. Whereas yours is like about the leaving things behind and moving on with what you need. So if you have a story that you want to share with us about the Eight of Cups, please send us a voicemail to listen at talkwitchcraft.com. As we mentioned, we're talking about dream interpretation today. If you've ever woken up from a dream and wondered what it all meant, you're not alone. Dream interpretation can be very tricky. In this episode, we will discuss how to interpret dream symbols and what they may mean for your life. So the first thing that may come to mind is what exactly are dreams? And we don't really know what they are or what they mean in terms of like a scientific understanding. That's probably why so many people are fascinated by them, but they are essentially images and sensations that happen inside of your mind and that occur during sleep. They have different emotions attached to them. They can be happy, sad, exciting, or scary, and they often contain symbols that can be difficult to interpret. Some are universal, some are more personal, and so interpreting them is what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, and and the why do we dream question has been debated for ages. We've been wondering about the meaning and purpose for dreams for centuries. 
why do we dream? And the it's still, it, we just don't know, but we have a few ideas. So one theory is that a dream is a way for the brain to process information and sort through memories. So the things that happen throughout your day or the things that have happened throughout your life during sleep, your brain is sifting through all that information. And then it's thought that the dream is happening when different parts of your brain are talking to each other in order to process this information. Mm -hmm, Yeah. I, and I can see that side of it. It's, it's the ideas you are moving the events of the day from your short-term and working memory to your long-term memory storage. And so while that process is happening, which we also don't really understand, we get these little flashes of images, which creates the chaotic storytelling of the dream. Because your brain is like, if you get a flash of that image, your brain is going to try to connect it. And that's what happens with memories as well. Like your memories are really, every time you remember something, which ties in with our eight of cups card, (laughs) every time you remember something, you're actually remembering the last time you remembered it. And so your brain kind of fills in the missing details and tries to make it all make sense. And you don't really have a clear memory of anything, (laughs) which is kind of terrifying. Right. (laughs) Another theory is that dreams are a way for the brain to prepare for future events. So for example, if you're going to be giving a presentation at work tomorrow, your brain might start dreaming about it tonight. And so this is called the problem solving theory of dreaming. That makes sense to me too, that you know, like today, my husband had a really big presentation at work. So his brain has been thinking about it. He's been so focused on it. And he's had some, you know, just public speaking in general makes people anxious. And so since he's been so focused on it, I imagine his brain is thinking about it while he's sleeping as well, you know, trying to make him calm him down, make him feel comfortable. And for me, whenever I think during the day, particularly of people, of people who have hurt me in the past, then I usually dream about them that night. So I think that there's some of this problem solving theory in in that, that my brain is trying to figure out how to not be hurt by them because I'm remembering the hurt and my brain is interpreting it as a current hurt. And so it's trying to figure out how to not be hurt anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. It's sort of like when you have the conversations in your head, like you're in the shower and you're thinking about a conflict that you've had and you're like, oh, that would have been a good thing to say. Mm -hmm. It's like that, but it's like while you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So another theory is that dreams are a way for your brain to deal with emotions. So sort of like what you were expressing a second ago with emotions specifically, that they can help us to work through anger and sadness and any other emotion that we're experiencing. Yeah. And I, I think that that's, so it's part of that problem solving theory because it, it wants to solve the problem of this person, but also it's helping me to process through that anger and sadness and everything that goes with that. And the final thing that people believe is that dreams are a way for our subconscious mind to communicate with us. So the symbols in our dreams may be trying to tell us something important that we're not aware of. So this is kind of what I think we're going to be focusing mostly on today is the the symbolism within the dreams. But I feel like all of these sort of overlap. I'm not a scientist. I don't study dreams or people while they're sleeping. But if you ask me, there's a little bit of truth within all of these theories and that there's overlap. It's based on whatever you're experiencing and whatever messages your subconscious mind needs you to know. 
So, and if you're uh, really interested in learning about the science behind dreams, there's a podcast called Mystery Team Inc., which I just recommend in general. They have a specific episode about the science behind dreams, and it's it's a little dense, but it was fascinating. It was episode 40, Dreams and the Murder of Joseph Henry Loveless. So now let's talk about how to remember your dreams more often, because if you want to interpret your dreams, you actually have to remember them. And many people will say that they've forgotten their dreams or they don't actually dream at all, but everyone does dream. And so it's really helpful to have some techniques for remembering them. Here are five tips. You could keep a dream journal by your bed, and when you wake up, write down everything you can remember about your dream. Use pictures and words to describe the scenes and events. You could also avoid alcohol before bed. Many people will use alcohol to help them relax and to sleep because it is a depressant, but it is also linked to poor sleep quality, which means that you might not get into the dream stage of sleep. So instead of drinking alcohol before bed, you could have some chamomile tea before bed. And the chamomile tea actually relaxes the body and helps to induce sleep, which makes it easier to have and remember the dreams. It helps to set the intention to remember your dreams as well. I like to infuse my bedtime tea with this intention. You'll also want to maintain a stable sleep routine by going to sleep and waking up at around the same time each night. The majority of dreaming occurs during what's called REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep, and this requires being asleep for a long period of time. And with the sleeping at the same time, some people have you know, we all have different times that's natural for us. So part of that is like figuring out what's the right time for you. Exactly. Like my roommate, she's really, if she could, she would sleep in like two stages. She would go to sleep at like seven and then wake up at like two in the morning and prowl around and then go to back to sleep from like three or four to seven or eight in the morning. And that's just what works best for her body, but it doesn't fit into our society. So yeah, that's, that's one thing is that sometimes your sleep hygiene is not right for the job that you have or whatever. The last thing you can do is to wake up gently. Turn off your alarm and avoid looking at any device for several minutes before getting out of bed. Just kind of relish in the meditative, sleepy awakeness. It allows you to marinate in the dream before fully waking. And then you can turn over and grab that dream journal and start writing in it. And of course, that also is dependent on your profession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people, it's not conducive. So, you know, do as best as you can with these five tips. This is this is the best case scenario is doing all of these things. But, you know, you can still remember your dream if you miss one or two of these. <laughs> right. And maybe you have like a particular night that you're like, I want to dream. I want to get a message from whatever, from my brain, from the spirits, from whatever it is. And so you do this very purposefully because you have the time, like maybe on a weekend or something like that, that you can, you can do this with intention. What's your life purpose? What will you be like in 10 years? Are you going to meet the love of your life next week or next year? Runes have all the answers and they can't wait to tell you. This ancient form of divination has been used for centuries, and here at New Future Rune Corporation, we strive to preserve the mystery of Odin's gift and make it accessible to the modern mystic. 
Our rune sets include all 24 symbols of the traditional Elder Futhark alphabet and come in a velvet drawstring bag for easy rune casting. The symbols are laser carved with precision into your preferred material, stone or wood. So let's check in with our rune master to tell us how these runes work. When it comes to reading runes, it is known that the future is not set in stone. Ask your questions, cast the runes, and read the message. Then take action to continue on the current path or make changes to redirect your trajectory. As a rune master, I have experimented with many sets of runes. The quality really matters, which is why I trust New Future Rune Corporation with my divination needs. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. So let's talk about how to interpret your dreams because this can be a tricky business, but it can also be a lot of fun and give you a lot of insights. So here are our tips for helping you to interpret your dreams. So as mentioned before, one of the best ways to interpret your dreams is to keep a dream journal. So this is simply a notebook where you write down all of your dreams as soon as you wake up. Alternatively, you could record yourself describing the dreams, so it could be an audio journal instead of a written journal. When I do this, I like to use speak-to-text feature on my phone so I can still see the words visually. Sometimes because of the chaotic nature of dreams, it's hard to really tell the story. It's a lot of, I was in my high school and then suddenly I was at the, the gym and then I went to... And then, like, Santa was there, maybe? Yeah. And then, no, wait, I wasn't, it wasn't my high school. It was my, it was my math teacher's class in middle school. (laughs) But it was his house. (laughs) We were in his house, but it wasn't his house. It was, like, my house. (laughs) But it was his. (laughs) So, sometimes, instead of writing it out as a narrative story, I'll just write the key features. So, like, house or math class and gymnasium, you know, just like the different features that are prominent that are sticking out in my mind. Yeah, because that's really what the symbols are, is those things, like what you said, the things that are sticking out to you is what's important about the dream, because those are what's being highlighted by your brain. And as we talked about before with how to remember your dreams using a journal, using pictures, like drawing pictures, sometimes that helps me to like show the scene instead of describing it in words and then I can describe it better based on the picture so whatever you want to do to help you understand what even happened in the dream do that to start and then keep track of those symbols and images that appear so like Erica said you know whichever ones are sticking out to you or if you do describe it in sort of a narrative way read it through again and see what stands out And over time, as you record more and more of your dreams, you may start to notice patterns, symbols that are reoccurring again and again. And the things that come to you in dreams might be trying to tell you something important. And you will see the same types of things pop up again and again and occurring at the same types of times in your life. So like one recurring dream that I have a lot is during stressful times where I'm chewing gum and I can't get the gum out of my mouth. Like I'll take out the hunk and throw it away, but then there's still more gum left in my mouth. And like, and I'm pulling it out and I can't, I just can't get all of the gum out of my mouth. And I have no idea what this means. I just know that it happens when I'm stressed out. (laughs) 
Right. Because they, your dreams happen based on the context of your life. Like we were talking about with the reasons that we are dreaming. So whatever you're experiencing. And for me, when I have a stressful dream, I either can't find a bathroom or I keep finding a bathroom, but it turns out to be like not a private bathroom. (laughs) Yes. I've, I've had that one too. It's not fun. It's like, I really have to go to that bathroom, but you are all in here with me. Yeah. Or like the walls fall down or something, or like you're going to the bathroom and then, and then suddenly you're like, oh wait, this is not a closed room. There's just like a toilet in the middle of this stadium. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So crazy. Another one that I have that's fun and also terrifying is, um, I'll be jumping on a trampoline and I get stuck up oh and I can't come back down so it's like a flying dream but it's not right yeah because the flying dreams are often symbolizing like freedom and being able to like go wherever you want but that sounds more like feeling trapped or stuck in a moment and then it's like a I have to figure out how to come back down safely without like just falling and crashing to the earth and I'm like really high up too like I'm airplane level high oh my goodness it's yeah Anyway, dreams are weird. So basically what we're talking about here is that it's important to pay attention to the context of the dream. Certain things appear in your dreams during certain times of your life. And so the symbols in your dreams are dependent on what you're experiencing emotionally, physically, spiritually, and mentally. Right. So in your dream journal, you know, you're writing down what happened in the dream. It's also good to have a section of your dream journal where you record what you're feeling currently or to look at your another journal that you keep that and kind of compare like what you've been experiencing, what you've been writing about the past couple of days and how that might relate to the dream. So then if you look at the symbols, we know that there are some symbols that are universal. That's how you can have websites and books that are written about what these symbols could mean. But we also have personal associations for the symbols. So, you know, look up what the symbols or the events that are happening in your dream mean in a book or online, but don't discount like your first thoughts, your initial thoughts surrounding what that dream could mean. And I would actually recommend recording your thoughts about about it first and then going to an external source for further guidance or clarification. So like the dream journal that I have, it's called Dream Decoder by Jules Taylor. It'll tell you what things mean, but it also asks like a lot of questions to consider based on what that symbol is. And that's really helpful for reflection. I agree. I think it's your dream. Just like with when you're doing a tarot reading, what is your first thought about it. What are you seeing in the card? And then you can go look at the little book that comes in the box and see what the collective conscious meaning for it is. And if you're like, man, I don't know what Santa Claus in my dream means. Like, I have no idea why he showed up. Then that's when you can go and be like, what does he mean for other people? And sort of relate that to, okay, well, it could be It could fit, that sort of fits in. And sometimes looking up the definitions or the meanings in a book, it just gives your brain something to kind of jump off of as you're interpreting. It might not end up that you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It might just get you started thinking down a new pathway. So how do you interpret a dream? The answer is that it depends on the dream and on your own personal context. But with a little practice, you'll be able to decode the symbols in your dreams and understand what they mean. So we've talked about how to interpret your dreams, how to remember your dreams. But you may be wondering, why would you even want to do this? 
basically it's just a rewarding thing to be able to understand your dreams. When you interpret your dreams, you start to gain a deeper understanding of yourself and of your life. And as we mentioned before, there's that personal association with these symbols and that influences the reason that it shows up in your dreams. So for example, where one person might see a mountain as a symbol of strength and determination, another may see it as an obstacle or a block. And so it can help you to figure out when, if you see a mountain in your dream, it can help you to know, are you feeling blocked or are you feeling ambitious or, you know, encouraged to try something new? So it'll just give you that symbol. And, you know, for me, I was having the gum dream frequently and most of the time I didn't know why I was having it. And then I started to put it together that it had that correlation with being stressed. And usually I will have the gum dream before I'm consciously aware of being stressed. So it's kind of like this, like my brain is saying like, hey, you're stressed and you're not doing anything about it. So I'm going to give you this dream because I now know that you know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's beneficial because it'll give you insight into like what you're feeling that you might not be aware of. I mean, most of the dreams that I remember really are about being stressed out about something. Like every time I get a new job, I have a dream where I'm like demoted on the first day to a different position. So I've like made friends with people. And then the boss comes to me and is like, listen. This isn't working out. We like you as a person. We want you to be employed, but we're going to give you a lesser position and we're going to pay you less. So anyway, that kind of dream always makes me feel like when I wake up, I'm like, oh, you're being silly. You are, you know, you can be confident in yourself. And it gives me a reminder of like my value, I guess. So even though I'm in the dream, I'm stressed out about a situation. When I wake up, I'm like, oh, that's silly to be, to feel that way. Because, yeah, interpreting your dreams can be a great way to deal with emotional issues. You know, they can help us to work through anger and sadness and confusion. And they help you to see what emotions you're feeling so that you can work through them. And so that is kind of how they're like a, a form of shadow work. So in my shadow work course, I actually talk about interpreting your dreams as a way to help you with your shadow work practice. Because you your dreams come from your subconscious mind and your shadow is your subconscious mind. (laughs) So, you know, it's your shadow's way of talking to you. I'm reminded of that comic with the heart and the brain right now. And it's, it's almost like the heart is feeling the emotions and your brain doesn't know what to do with them. So it makes up these weird, bizarre brains or brains, dreams. So that you can, it can help process the emotions that it doesn't understand. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think that that is an accurate depiction. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Borage. So I'll start by telling about the medicinal properties and then Maggie will share about the magical ones. Borage comes from the Celtic word borach, B-O-R-R-A-C-H, which means courage. So it has long been used to bolster courage. The flowers were embroidered into the outfits of knights and jousters to bring them courage. The Latin name is Borago Officianalis, and it's part of the Boraginaceae 
family. So you can use either the leaf and flower. It's got anti-inflammatory properties, so it's great for any sort of inflammation, particularly with bronchitis or coughs or like a bladder infection or pneumonia. Very good for that respiratory system. It can help with bringing down fevers. It has nervine properties, so it can help with depression and grief and worry by helping to build up the mood and not feel so down. So that's for the leaves and the flowers. And then you can also use the oil from the seeds, which works a little bit differently. The seeds are really, the main thing for them is anti-inflammatory properties. And so this is where we're going to have huge benefits for some respiratory illnesses, the the big ones like the acute respiratory distress syndrome, asthma, and things like that. We can also get some benefits for arthritis, rheumatism, psoriasis, eczema, all of those autoimmune disease. And then it can also help with some menstrual and menopause puzzles problems. The leaf should only be used in moderation and should be avoided entirely during pregnancy and while nursing. So it is contraindicated for that. The oil should be avoided if you have any sort of bleeding disorder, epilepsy, or compromised immune system. Borage is an active herb that corresponds with Jupiter and Uranus, Air, Leo, and Aquarius. Like Erica said, it comes from the word that means courage And so it can be used for courage. The way that it was used for protecting and giving courage to knights is a form of witchcraft, if you ask me. Well, because everything is magic, including this cat. He's a magic cat. So those are really the main uses are courage and psychic powers. So basically any sort of spell that enhances these things would work. One idea is to float the flowers in a bath. And that can help to either make you more courageous or increase your psychic powers, depending on your intention. The interesting thing about borage is that it has this really beautiful blue color. And so when you make a tea or when you add it to water, it does diffuses the blue into whatever you put it in. So it can have that effect of blue, which is like calming. And then blue is also associated. It's sort of like an indigo blue. So it's also associated with the third eye, which is why it has that connection with the psychic powers and being inspired and things like that. Another way to use borage is to make a herb bundle and burn it as an incense, being in the presence of the smoke and kind of absorbing it. That can give you a strength of character, give you courage, lift your spirits, bring about happiness, especially happiness by easing the pain of grief. When I went to Wisconsin in the fall, I think, We went to this like juice bar and she made tea out of borage. And then she also made a like chia pudding with borage. And so the pudding was all blue. And so it's a really fun thing to incorporate in with your kitchen witchcraft practice because it is edible. It's like one of the only truly blue things that you can eat. So it kind of feels a little bit wrong (laughs) to eat it since most things that we eat aren't this like bright blue color. But it seriously is like that blue raspberry blue. So it can be kind of a fun way to make things feel a little bit more magical and, and incorporate all of these different magical uses of borage into your kitchen witchcraft or any other magic practice. Like I'm just thinking of like a magic trick where you could like drop the borage in and it would instantly turn blue. If you drop it into like a potion or something that you're like mixing up your 
kitchen witch craftery and then you could just at the very end drop it into like a glass container and then it turned blue it just feels very showmanship to me yeah <laughs> to be able to do that <laughs> I mean it is a slow diffuse like any other tea but dang <laughs> and then actually I can't remember what it is but there's certain things that you can mix it with that it'll change the color so there's like if you mix it with like lemon it'll turn magenta it's really bright magenta I think I mean that's not exactly I don't know if it's lemon but there's like something that you can mix it with and it'll change to a different color and that does happen like almost instantly so you can like change the color of your potion I wonder too if we could like we mentioned drinking the chamomile tea as one way to help remember your dreams I wonder if adding some just like a little bit of borage to your chamomile tea it might help bring out that dream that's a good idea because it connects you with your third eye next week we will be looking through at our lives through the lens of the nine of cups and uh, so this card is about wish fulfillment being satisfied just feeling like you're surrounded by things that bring you pleasure and about enjoying the simple pleasures in life it's also about being really happy and content with the things that you've achieved in some ways, kind of like a smugness about that. And it can also be a card about like being indulgent in some ways, overindulgent. We will be looking for that in our lives. And if you have a story about the Nine of Cups, we would love to hear about it. Please send us a voicemail to we listen at talkwitchcraft.com. You can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 062. Join us next week when we talk about developing your intuition. Make sure that you are subscribed so that you are notified about each new episode. And to help other witches find this show, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. This isn't a review on the podcast, but I did get a notification on Instagram this morning of somebody who was listening to our a membership episode from two weeks ago and that they were really excited to start their day by listening to it and that they were home and so they could listen to whatever they want because they had a snowstorm and so they were home working and they were really excited that they could choose to listen to our podcast and that made me really happy yay glad we could keep you company today <laughs> last week by the time you listen to this <laughs> Right. <laughs> you can also find us on Instagram at Mumbles and Things. And if you have any other tips to add, tell us about it in the Talk Witchcraft Forum in the Mumbles Academy community. And don't forget to share this episode with your witchy friends and followers. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you held it together the whole time I'm sitting over here. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good voice. Good job, Eric. <laughs>